Thanks for joining me on iHeartRadio and the Tech of Sports this week. And uh, we're inching closer and closer to the 2021 Olympics. I know that sounds uh, kind of funny, but uh, um, there's way more to it than that. And, uh, and a lot going on when it comes to the Olympics here uh, following a pandemic. And no better person to talk to. Uh, excited to have him on, Mike Gatone. He's the, uh, the head coach of the uh, Olympic weightlifting team, men's and women's, I believe. And uh, we're going to, we announced the Olympians uh, already going to be heading to Tokyo. But before we get there, Mike, how are we doing right now? Where, uh, where do we stand and what are you hearing out of uh, Tokyo and the Olympics? Yeah, good morning, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything right now is obviously going forward. We had a meeting with uh, the medical staff from the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee about two weeks ago. And, I mean, they, they did kick off by saying, you know, the, the government of Japan is, is not planned. They're very serious. My feeling is that, you know, they are moving forward, obviously, but really want to give credence to the concerns of, you know, some of their populace, maybe even a majority of their populace. Thus, um, very rigorous testing will be tested 96 hours before, will be tested 72 hours before, will be tested when we land, and will be tested every day. Um, you will not be able to enter the nation unless you have a smartphone with your location services activated. Um, because they'll be tracking folks um, to look at contact tracing and that type of thing. So they're doing quite a bit, of course, masks. Um, there's really no credence uh, or allowance, I should say, given to vaccinated folks. Yeah. Uh, for example, I'm vaccinated, yeah. but all they're saying with that, Rick, is that like, in the case of a contact, um, it, may, it may go to your advantage there to be to be vaccinated, you know, perhaps you won't be you pulled into quarantine uh, as quickly or at all. But otherwise, um, we're moving forward. All of our plans are in place. Uh, we feel pretty good because of Tokyo. We're making some alternative training camp plans um, because of the situation in Japan. But otherwise, we're feeling good. And I think everybody's very motivated now that we're finally we finally can see light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, expectations are high um, with, the, with the team. Um, maybe a chance to win upwards of, of five medals, which would be, uh, which would be a lot for uh, USA weightlifting and uh, um, exciting for you guys. What do you hear about uh, quarantine when you get to Tokyo and, and how, yeah. might, how might that affect training? Yeah, no, no quarantine uh, unless, of course, you, you test positive when you land. Um, as long as you're doing the 96 and the 72, you know, and the test when you land. So there's no quarantine there. Uh, we'll be able to land, go to the village, uh, get going on, on the training process there. Because of these restrictive travel concerns, so what we're planning, Rick, is... Um, we're going in basically four days before, just with enough time to get our circadian rhythms yeah. kind of in place for Japan. Um, and we made alternative plans. We're going to set up a training plan uh, camp, excuse me, in Honolulu. So um, we'll be there upwards of two weeks.
techniques for some of the athletes beforehand. And we spoke with, we have a sleep expert uh, that we consult with, and he feels that from a circadian point of view, that will be fantastic for them. It's, I think, three time zones away from Tokyo. So uh, they'll train in Hawaii. They'll do their 96 and 72-hour testing there, and then we'll get over four days before. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And, uh, yeah, this, the, team is, uh, the team is really loaded. For those not familiar with how weightlifting works <clears throat> at the Olympics, uh, you have your weight, cate- your weight category. There's no single elimination tournament. There's no heats. Uh, it's straight to competition, and, uh, and the medals are awarded for each weight uh, category. So it's, it's kind of like a sprint, uh, Mike, but uh, very exciting. Yeah, that's right, Rick. It's kind of, it is exciting. It's a do or die, too. I mean, there's uh, the psychological part of all sport is so massive, you know, and every coach probably thinks we're the most difficult, but, you know, it is tough. You get your your three snatches. It's not like, you know, pole vault three misses either. It's basically three attempts. Uh, You want to keep it all going, you know, to the maximum you can. Um, so you have to select your attempts properly so that hopefully you make one, two, three. Um, don't leave too much skin on the bone, but of course, don't get so heavy that, uh, you know, you have majority of misses because, you know, you want to, you want to make get those successful lifts. And then, and then, uh, clean and jerk, the heavier the two lifts, same thing. Three attempts, they add up your best and, and then that's it. You compete on total only here at world championships or Pan Ams, for example, we can win individual medals, snatch, or snatch, clean, and jerk in total. But here, it's just uh, the whole ball game, just your total. Yeah, the uh, the sport is yeah. is always popular. I, I wouldn't say it's niche, but uh, I love the competition, and uh, especially with the the women, uh, it's really become competitive. Yeah, we are. Uh, it's amazing. Like we are fierce on the women's side, especially, um, and, and it's cool. I mean, our top level women are, are obviously some of the best in the world. And then the ranks coming up, uh, I think because of the paradigm of that high level of expectation and, and, um, performance just pushes all the young ones too, you know, to come up after them. So, uh, if you're a woman, a women's weightlifter in the United States, uh, you know, you're you're in the big ball game. We have, uh, as you mentioned, a full team of, of four women. Um, on paper, the opportunities look very uh, very good for the on the women's side, especially. And then, you know, based on what could be happening in the world uh, with with uh, the doping battle, which finally is is going the way of of the West and and the United States and other you know, drug-free nations, uh, based on that and based on just, you know, situations with COVID, et cetera, um, we could have even, even better opportunities than we're seeing. Yeah. That's a whole nother show. We could talk, we could talk for hours about, uh, I, 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 I talk with a lot of coaches and, uh, and participants in, in sports like tennis and golf and volleyball, uh, they, they tell me that, you know, they uh, put a premium, the technology that they use in training and, 
and sometimes even in competition has just uh, made a world of difference. Uh, what about for you guys? Uh, how uh, how techie driven is is weightlifting now, and uh, where do you see it headed? Yeah, so great that you asked that question. We we have just uh, in the last several months started working with. Uh, a gentleman who's doing some biomechanic analysis for us. Now, that's not necessarily new, but the, the way that we're doing it here, because um, we're a decentralized program, so instead of having you know a laboratory with force platforms and a bunch of cameras set up where everybody trains, we had to find a different uh, way to do that. There are things on smartphones already in regards to looking at, say, the path of the bar, Yep. or velocity of a bar, but kind of putting it together still isn't right where we have wanted it. And so I was basically sending a, a very thin, very light uh, plate, a blue kind of plastic plate that fits on the end of the bar like a, like a weight plate. And then if you film in slow-mo and your camera picks that up, then um, this gentleman in a very short time would put it in Dropbox and turns that on for us and we can have things like bar path, various uh, acceleration, power, force at different positions, different times of the lift, which also is unique. Um, we can't really do that on a smartphone app yet either. So that's a big one for us, Rick. Um, and then uh, looking at on the physiologic side and weightlifting, you know, um, sort of different from say a rowing or tennis with a racket you know equipment is not as much of a thing you know your body's the equipment as it is on all sports but so um we have uh, a ring we have sent uh based from our sleep uh expert he thinks it's one of the best uh, logarithms out there um tracking sleep tracking time in REM looking at things like heart rate variability uh when the athletes wake up uh we're using that some some blood testing, um, you know, uh, also looking at various vitamins, minerals, etc. So uh, we are trying de uh, definitely to look at more tech uh, items out there to help our performance. Yeah, nice mix. And uh, I know the athletes are all in when it comes to, uh, to things that will help improve their performance. Uh, wrapping up here with Mike Gatone. He's the head coach, U.S. weightlifting team heading to Tokyo uh, this year. And, uh, Mike, you're no stranger to working with elite athletes. You were the, the strength and conditioning coach for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, how different is that, working with, uh, with uh, NBA athletes versus, uh, versus the weightlifting team and other people you've worked with? Yeah, I think the, the paradigm of performance, you know, uh, the, the driven part of a top-level athlete is kind of the same, the same across the board. Um, on our side, a big difference between this and, and professional sport, obviously, first and foremost, would be the financial uh, incentive. Yeah. You know, we have we don't we don't have that type of situation in weightlifting anyway. The second thing I think, Rick, you know, we're dispersed. We're around the nation. I mean, we have some Olympians that are training in garages. You know, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but when you you consider the training facilities of uh, a professional sports team, you know, the at hand, um, at reach at arm's length at any time, you know, uh, the nutritionist, the psychologist, all that stuff, training table, don't, don't necessarily have that situation in, in, um, 
you don't have that situation in the Olympic sport, at least not in weightlifting. But I'd say the psychological point, you know, the kids wanting to win, wanting to succeed, you know, that warrior mentality, that's, that's universal, I think, across sport. And, uh, and, I, and I think that's been kind of, for me, the biggest lesson, you know. Yeah, it is. I'm sure there's lots of lessons, and uh, you you maybe have to handle uh, things a little differently with a uh, a, a, a weightlifting Olympic uh, participant versus a uh, a shooting guard that makes thirty million a year. <laughs> for sure, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, again, people can say what they want, and they're they're both hardworking, uh, yeah. you know, hard driving athletes. But you have a, you know, you have a, a young kid who basically is putting their life on hold um, in, in many aspects, from personal relationships to school to work, to do this kind of thankless, uh, you know, callous, uh, hand-ripping, muscle-destroying uh, sport <laughs> uh, versus, you know, somebody who's on TV and staying in five-star hotels and, as you said, making $30 million. So, you know, that that's certainly an aspect that I think is, is worth people recognizing. And that is across many, many, many Olympic sports. These are young women and men who, you know, very often it's, it's thankless and they're doing it basically for their self, you know, their self, self-drive um, and the opportunity to, to represent Team USA and not much else very yeah. often. Well, that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and uh, uh, you've been through it before, Mike. You know uh, how it works, and uh, it's a one-shot deal for a lot of these athletes, so my, uh, my best of luck to them, to you guys. Uh, Safe travels to ha- to Honolulu and then on to Japan, and we'll be watching and uh, can't wait to see how the uh, how the guys and girls do. Thanks so much, Rick. I really, really appreciate the time and um, just appreciate your your interest. And if I can ever uh, speak again or answer any questions, please reach out. We'll have you on again. Uh, I'm a fan, Mike. So keep up the good work and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. All the best.